Support for WABE comes from Virtual Imaging. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Utilizing low-dose radiation scans that reveal cancers, cardiac issues, precursors of dementia, and more. Information about early health screenings at virtualimagingatl.com. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Gable Sporting Goods has been in business for over 50 years. They carry gear for fishing, soccer, football, and hunting. And they sell guns. Governor Brian Kemp has been a customer. Here at Gable's is where Marty and I bought Lucy, her first firearm, a Glock 43X 9mm. Marty is Kemp's wife, Lucy, one of his three daughters. Y'all didn't let me finish. A Glock 43 9mm, which she is carrying today. This week, Governor Kemp returned to Gable Sporting Goods in Douglasville, this time to sign bills expanding access to guns in Georgia. The new law makes permits optional to carry a handgun in Georgia. Supporters call it constitutional carry. Law-abiding Georgians, including our daughters and your family too, can protect themselves without having to have permission from your state government. Kemp cast his fight for loosening gun laws as just one more example of how he's stood up for Georgia, even amid backlash from liberals inside and outside the state. If you remember, they did it when we passed the heartbeat bill. They did it when we were the first state to reopen our economy. And they did it again when we passed the strongest Elections Integrity Act in the country. But you know what? We didn't back down then, and we ain't backing down now. And this has become even more important for Kemp as he faces four primary challengers next month, including former U.S. Senator David Perdue. Both are trying to turn out the most conservative Republicans who reliably vote in primaries. So on Tuesday, Perdue also got in on the action. He held a dueling press conference of his own. Um, I understand the governor's going to sign the uh, constitutional carry bill into law today. Uh, I think that's great. It's too bad it took uh, four years to get it done, and it's too bad it took uh, me getting in the race to, for them to get any energy to get that done, but I'm glad it's getting done. And down the street, Democrats had a lot to say, too. They call the legislation criminal carry. He is State Representative Roger Bruce. It is a sad day across Georgia when the Republican leadership care more about their political position than about our public safety. How will guns animate the 2022 campaign? I'm Susanna Capaluto, politics editor at WABE. I'm Emma Hurt. I cover politics for Axios. I'm Raul Bally, politics reporter at WABE. Our co-host Sam Greenglass is off for the week. And this is Georgia Votes 2022, a weekly podcast from WABE in Atlanta about the midterm elections. I vote because it's a privilege. I vote to do because I want to make an impact. I vote my because I want leaders who care about Voting my future. is the gift of so freedom. So voting matters to me because I believe there is value in my voice. Let's stay at that gun store for a few minutes. Rahul, you covered all three events this week. Tell me the significance of this issue for the 2022 campaign. Look, those who support expanded gun rights vote. 
they are part of that reliable group of primary voters we mentioned in the show open. But they can also be very finicky. I absolutely believe that Governor Kemp could have lost some primary votes if permitless carry had not gotten done. It could have been a door that David Perdue or some of the other primary challengers could have used against him, saying, you didn't get this done. You promised it, and you didn't get it done. So I think that's why it was important in this context. It was something that he had to get done because there are those groups of single-issue voters that you can lose votes for, and that's one of them. But what about the general election? Your survey by the AJC earlier this year said seven in ten Georgians did not want constitutional carry. So isn't this an issue that will fire up maybe the Democratic base in November? You know, you're right. It's clear the general election polling on this does not come out on the Republican side. And Democrats are not going to let them forget that in November. But this is something that Kemp campaigned on in 2018. It's something that I was told he he alerted his team to, we're going to do this months before Purdue got in the race. But we also know, as Raul said, Purdue is going to look for every little thing he can find to attack Kemp on. So not fulfilling that campaign promise would certainly have been one. And, you know, even at that press conference that Purdue had that that we talked about, he brought up another kind of maybe obscure sort of out of left field attack on illegal immigration, saying Kemp also promised to round up criminal illegals in his pickup truck. And what have we seen change on the illegal immigration issue? He's looking for every little thing that he can attack Kemp on. And another thing I noticed, by the way, he also brought up Buckhead City and the idea that the legislation did not get through uh, the General Assembly. I asked him about it and and his answer was, well, the governor should have got it done. And from there, he took it to a bigger discussion about crime. And this is like a conversation you would almost expect in the fall. But you've got David Perdue attacking Governor Kemp on, you know, crime, public safety. And yeah, another example of looking for something to attack Kemp on. Purdue said he's heard from state patrolmen who are worried about the size of the force, that it's not as, quote, elite of a group as it was four years ago. And, you know, Kemp took that as an attack on the state patrol, trotted out a long list of sheriffs accusing Purdue's comments of being disgusting. I mean, it's just a mudslinging fight between them right now on all these little issues. Is it also because the polling numbers in that race, while Governor Kemp is ahead, he's not consistently above 50 percent? This is what Dr. Charles Bullock told me. For a sitting governor, he should be above 50 percent consistently, and he's not. Is that why this mudslinging is happening? There is an opening? Absolutely. They're both on offense with each other. I mean, they're, they're both trying to be on offense right now because the stakes are high. And while the Kemp team feels good about consistently being ahead of Purdue in the polls, you're right. They're not above the runoff threshold. And, um, and it's still very much a fight. Well, let's move on to the other big race, the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate. The big item here is that former UGA football star Herschel Walker is not showing up for debates with the other four candidates challenging him. Emma, what's the strategy here? Look, the strategy is why do you need to debate your opponents when polling has you consistently far and above them? I mean, there's been some range in the polling from 57 percent to, you know, the 80s. But still, that's far above the runoff threshold. And if you're Walker, who it's safe to say is not a policy wonk, he doesn't have political experience. What is the upside to showing up and having to engage with primary opponents that you're 
clearly running ahead of. That being said, I think it's fair that some are worried about this strategy, that maybe Walker should be showing up for primary debates. Groups aligned with two of his opponents have launched super PACs to try to throw negative ads at him. But the primary is only six weeks away. So how much damage can they do when he has such a lead? So don't people want to hear about any of his policies? I mean, are they not interested in where he stands? Is it really just celebrity? I've been around him in public events three times now, including the Trump rally, um, but also saw him down at a rally in, in College Park. And, and each time, folks aren't asking about policy. It's go dogs. It's, hey, can you sign this? It's go Donald Trump or make America great again. But no you know, policy questions. And that's that happens at every every political event. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, handshaking, good to meet you. You know, you have my support. I'll read about you. But with, with Herschel, it really is the UGA, the football that 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 seems to be what's surrounding him. And I will just say, jumping in, I mean, in the primary, this seems to be working so far if we're believing all the polls. But the general election is something that is a very different ball game. I mean, Senator Warnock just announced raising like $13 million or something ridiculous. Once all of that comes and crashes in with a theoretical walker as a nominee, like policy could very much take center stage when we when we start teasing out the differences between the two. Mm-hmm. Now, Raul, I understand you went to Walton County this week to a GOP monthly meeting and talk to some voters about this idea of Herschel Walker not debating. There are some that that want him to debate. Absolutely. So one of the voters I talked to was Rocky Fox, who is from Loganville. And, you know, he was completely dressed up in Candace Taylor gear. He's on board with Candace Taylor, who's running for governor. But then when I asked him about the Senate race, he said, I'm still looking at the candidates, but one candidate he wasn't going to vote for was Herschel Walker. I'm not going to consider uh, Herschel because he refuses to debate. I guess he's pulling a Biden. That ain't going to work. You can't fix the votes in Georgia anymore. We're not going to allow it. So if you're not going to debate and you're not going to participate, you don't get my vote. You don't even get a consideration. Sorry. And that's referring to when Joe Biden was running for president in 2020 and he wasn't out on the trail as much. Mm-hmm. So that's where that that, Bi- that Biden basement strategy comment comes from. And that's what I think Gary Black has accused him of pulling a Biden. I mean, see if that works. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, to be devil's advocate, my question about debates is always, do they matter You know, to regular people? I don't know. To us, they matter. To us, I they do matter. absolutely. And full disclosure, Raul is actually the <laughs> co-chair of the Atlanta Press Club Debate Committee. He knows all about debates, and they are putting together a bunch of debates starting in May. Raul, are you hoping that Herschel Walker may show up for the Press Club debate, which usually does get national attention, gets often picked up by C-SPAN? What do you think? I think in the end, no. You know, last month at the state capitol, I asked Herschel Walker if he would do debate his primary opponents. And, and this is what he told me. I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to here to do that. I think if people are speaking, Herschel is here to debate Raphael Warnock because I'm going to win this primary and I'm going to the general to beat him as well. But Raul, will you keep asking him? Again, like, do you think regular voters care about it? I mean, we all agree they're important. It's important to have candidates on the record in this format. But does anybody watch them normally? I would point out that you know, three and a half million people watched 
the debate between Leffler and Warnock, obviously, around the country. Yeah. I know it was this different. It's a national broadcast. It's, it, the, the, the things that I take out of debate, number one, if there's a moment, if, if something happens between a pair of candidates, the only other thing you can really do is, is kind of what you saw out of the ninth district debate that just happened with the Senate candidates and the number of pictures you saw on social media of the empty Herschel Walker podium, does that end up in an ad? Again, I think Emma's is, is still completely on point. And, and I've heard the same thing from the Walker camp. This latest UGA poll has him between 65 and 75 percent. Why, why does he need to even put himself out there? And again, it's not just Walker. We, we've seen that with other major candidates, you know, on the Democratic side and Republican side who are so far ahead or who are incumbents. Why show up to the debates? And Walker may not be the only one who doesn't come to the press club debates. I guess I just like to think that people are not quite that shallow, that they just care about celebrity. I just it just bothers me. I mean, he might be a perfectly great candidate if we knew where he stood on issues and policies and could defend them. And the fact that people don't give a flip to me is, I don't know, it's just disappointing. It's just not good for democracy. That's Susanna, just me. Trump was elected. But he debated. Yeah. He was out there. But he was I, he, His point, we were very clear where he was. He made no qualms about it. He did not not go to debates. I will say that Walker, if he becomes a nominee, knows that he has to debate Warnock. And Newt Gingrich has already been enlisted to help him prep for those debates. All right. Well, this, <laughs> this is a good time to take a break. When we come back, we look at some campaign finance controversies and some campaign trivia. I'm Susanna Capaluto, and this is Georgia Votes 2022 from WABE. Support for WABE comes from Virtual Imaging, providing proactive medical diagnostics to catch deadly or debilitating diseases early, using state-of-the-art equipment to detect warning signs or offer peace of mind. You can take charge of your health at virtualimagingatl.com. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Welcome back to Georgia Votes 2022. Today with Emma Hurd from Axios and Raul Bali with WABE. We know that there will be a lot of money spent in Georgia this year in both the U.S. Senate race and the governor's race. And now um, a judge is ruling on whether Stacey Abrams can use the newly created leadership funds to raise money just like Brian Kemp is doing right now. She may have to wait until the primary is over, even though she has no opposition and is the Democratic nominee. Emma, let's explain a little bit more about these leadership funds. What are they? Yeah, so it's kind of wonky, but stick with me. This was a law passed last year that allows certain people to create these new leadership committee funds. Those people that can have one are the incumbent governor, the incumbent lieutenant governor, party nominees, and the majority and minority caucuses in the General Assembly. So what sets these committees apart from normal fundraising is they are not subject to three traditional campaign finance rules. One is the $7,600 limit per donor for statewide races. So these, there's no limits on donations to these committees. Two, these committees are allowed to fundraise during the legislative session. And normally, all elected officials are prohibited from that. 
And then third, they are exempt from a normal prohibition of coordination between a campaign and any other political action committee. So basically like a kind of a game changer in terms of fundraising in Georgia. Right now, Governor Kemp is really the only one in a competitive situation that has one of these committees because the lieutenant governor isn't running again. And so he's facing several lawsuits. One of those lawsuits was David Perdue. He said, hey, he has an advantage over me. He can raise money in a leadership fund. That's not fair. What was the ruling there? Yeah. And the judge ruled in Purdue's favor. He was like, this is the only time I can think of where you have two candidates in the same race with two different campaign finance uh, limit rules. Mm -hmm. And so he ruled that Governor Kemp, he didn't prohibit him from fundraising anymore. He prohibited him from spending any of this money on the primary against Purdue. However, he did not say anything about money that had already been committed, money that had already been contracted for an ad buy or whatever. And so I think it's safe to say that not much of that money was left on the table by Kemp, but he cannot spend any more at this point on the primary from the leadership committee. And the issue then with Stacey Abrams is that she is not the officially the party nominee under Georgia law until May 24th, even though she has no opponent. And she's saying, you know, I'm already the nominee now. And that's kind of not in the state law. That's what yeah. She, she wants now, in on the action. Now, while these leadership funds are unlimited, you can actually track the money going into them. Um, it's very transparent. It's on the Georgia Ethics Commission website. If you want to go there, if you have some extra time. And I saw that Governor Kemp reported $2.3 million as of January 31st. That was the last reporting period. And the largest two contributors with 250000 each were from the CEO of Uline. They make packaging of all kinds. And a California real estate company called Majestic Realty. You know, it's not really dark money because you can see it. And it is transparent. So we just have to look at it every once in a while as journalists. Yeah. And I mean, that's the argument that Republican Senator, State Senator Jeff Mullis made when they passed this law. The judge, however, kind of said, well, that's not actually what this law is about if we look at what is really doing. But I hear your point, Susanna. And I think the broader dynamic at play is just how much money is pouring into these Georgia races. I mean, I mentioned Senator Warnock raising $13 million just in the last quarter. He's got like $25 million in the bank. The Senate runoffs were insane. Um, and, you know, these committees are just an example of how high the stakes are in fundraising and how every little advantage can seem very big when you think about the amount of money that Georgia politics is attracting. And I think candidates, especially the ones at the top of the ballot, they're going to have access to all the money that they need. And I think voters, in the end, they're going to be crushed with the number of ads on television, radio, their YouTube ads. It's going to be such a blanket. And I'm already seeing it. There are times where I'm watching a game or I'm watching um, CNBC or just I'm already Tell seeing us what you're ads. watching, Raul. <laughs> What else are you watching, Raul? <laughs> I was watching the Hawks playoff game the other night, and yeah. I think I think a, a couple. I watched a Braves game with that had a, a, a Stacey Abrams ad pop up in it. So 
there's going to be so much money. So it, it's going to be blanket coverage, basically. We like to hope that it won't be as bad as the Senate runoffs when all of the country's money was coming to Georgia. But who is to tell? Who Who's to say if it won't be? I'm certainly not sure. Uh, OK, <laughs> let's move on to some trivia. We hope to see many of you on April 19th when Raul and Sam Greenglass will host a trivia night at Urban Tree Cidery in Atlanta. It starts at 6.30. You can find all the info and get tickets at wabe.org slash events. And Raul, can you give us sort of one of the trivia questions? Give someone an advantage here. Emma. I'm ready. Atlanta's the state capital of Georgia. Can you name, let's say, two of the past capitals of the state of Georgia? Two of the four previous capitals. And the other names for Atlanta don't count. No, the other Atlanta. No, no, no. That's that's definitely terminus <laughs> okay. is not one of them. Okay. Um, I know Milledgeville is one. Ding, ding, ding. And I am gonna guess Savannah. But ding, I'm ding, not ding. Sure. Yeah. All right. There's your two. What are the other two? I don't know. Louisville and Augusta. All right. Hey, So if you bring that answer to trivia, you might get the bonus right. So we give you a little bonus question. Hope to see you there. Before we go, um, what's on tap for you all in the coming week? What storylines will you look for on the campaign trail? So keeping an eye on on more bill signings, not hearing of any major bill signings coming up uh, the upcoming week. We're going to hear about some some signings of, of, of military bills and veterans bills. But in terms of what's going on with the governor, my understanding, it's heavily going to be on the campaign trail next week. And I'm also going to try to pay attention to some of the other really interesting primaries we have. I mean, there's so much going on with Kemp and Purdue and Herschel Walker's primary. But we also have a really rockin' primary in Marjorie Taylor Greene's seat in terms of she's got a lot of opponents. And then we have Carolyn Bordeaux and Lucy McBath, two incumbent Democratic congresswomen fighting it out in the 7th District as well. Maybe we talk some more about that next week. Great. And that's all the time we have for this edition of Georgia Votes 2022. Raul, Emma, thank you so much for your insights. Happy to do it. And we'll see you at Trivia. I'll be there. Georgia Votes 2022 is a production of WABE in Atlanta. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on the ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.